Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Via Williams. I'm Wendy Papazan. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. And today we are going to talk about a very real, real topic for me personally. We have been sort of on this journey, honestly, not journey, like struggle bus. (laughs) Uh, with with this topic right now because our business is growing and growth is great. But it also, what we're realizing is culture is a tight-knit culture. If you're not very purposeful about growing your culture and having a way to scale your culture, it can quickly get out of hand. And our business and and my personal, the Reynolds Team Network, we are struggling with this right now. And one of the things that I think we promised on our first episode that we did, we said to our listeners is that we'll always be vulnerable. You can Mm -hmm. come alongside us through our journey. So today, we're going to talk about a topic that currently I'm struggling with and that we're doing a lot of research on, and which is how to grow and at the same time protect and grow your culture. Okay, Sarah, me too. I just, we're being vulnerable right now. It's been a year of COVID at the recording time of this. And we are struggling so much with culture, with engagement, with connectivity, with all of it. I'm not going to lie. Like it's a huge topic right now. And I'm just so happy about this episode. And I'm also doubting myself that I should be hosting it, frankly, because I'm struggling with it. But so I'm glad you said that. We absolutely should be hosting it because the thing is, is that through research, I mean, I've done hours and hours of reading on many companies that have big businesses and at the same time are known for their strong culture. All of us are part of one of them, have the honor of being part of one of them. Uh, But we definitely have permission to share our vulnerability and to dive into what we're learning as we're growing as well. Well, can I ask a weird question? Mm -hmm. Sure. What would your definition of culture be? Funny you should ask. <laughs> I actually think, in my mind, it's community. I, I think culture is a cliche and an overused word, to be to be blunt. And I think that people skim over it because it feels like a boring topic. It feels like it's just been overused. And, and I really think culture is community. What I know it's not, and Wendy, I don't know, like I'm struggling with it too. What I know it's mm-hmm. not is like ping pong tables in your lobby. What I know right. it is, is people who give a care and knowing that there there's people around you who care about you who are watching you who are who are you know devoted to you and trying to replicate that on scale is a struggle well just to be very clear every organization has a culture yeah, that's right. right. Culture is what you really are, like from an and a the lot embodiment. of times, the, yeah, yes, the embodiment of who who you sort of are. What we're talking about, I think, and what Via was referencing is a is a good culture, good culture. right? Which is yeah. which is community, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. culture is actually who you are. Like, so someone that is new into your organization can actually tell you what your culture is more, not by looking mm-hmm. at your vision statement, not by looking at your values. Like they can actually tell you what your company represents because they have observed it from a fresh set of eyes. What are you really, right? And I think Mm -hmm. for me, a good culture, we want it to be exactly what Via explained, which is community, but every organization has a culture. And so it's really, I I love that question, Wendy, because it's really how, like we need to define that. It's really, we're looking for a good culture or building a, a good community that people want to be part of. And so for us, we believe in sort of a like a, a family atmosphere, which is really hard when you were talking about scaling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> like, and so that that's part of it is like that question of well, how do you yeah. define good culture? It's and a lot us, easier to do on a small scale. It's much harder to do at a big scale. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, because I've had the pleasure of watching Keller Williams International grow. And when Jay started almost 21 years ago, the agent count was around 6,000. Now it's grown to over 180,000. And the franchise company was less than 30 people, maybe 25 something people. And now it's hundreds and hundreds of people. And what has been true is that the culture is the foundation of that company. And it looks different, a lot different, honestly, that that core culture looks different than it did when he started. And yet it's still very much, very much there. And I think it really starts with articulating what's important to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shared mm-hmm. values, right? I mean, making sure that you're all, you're all, you know, potentially passionate or at least bought off on the same values that, mm-hmm. you know, that you're supporting each other. I think, I think going to, you know, on a basic level, when do you ask the question? It's like, do you like the atmosphere at work? You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. in one sense, right? I mean, all of us can speak to this, right? Because we're a part of it. And I'm sorry, Via, we're... <laughs> we're <laughs> uh, but all of us can speak to this, but the culture of the realtor world, like outside of Keller Williams, is they don't share with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't help one another. Mm-hmm. So that is something that Keller Williams has set out to be different in. And that is very evident when you mm-hmm. are around KW agents. They're sharing, they're talking, they're helping one another. You know, this the mindset of rising tide lifts all ships. So if we can help one another, right? It's, and so and it's very evident when you're outside of KW and then you come in with KW that that is part of who we are. And so that's a great a great example. I'm, I'm cheering myself. What a great example, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You want to hear... You want to hear... A- funny example of that, like in reverse. So I've been with Keller Williams now for almost 17 years. I was born and raised like in my professional life really has been with Keller Williams. And so I like, I'm very used to like, we share openly and like, right. If I give, if I share with you, it's 10% of the work is to share what I've learned. 90% of it is for you to go do the work. Right. And the odds are most people are going to walk away from your class or from your talk or whatever. Right. And a very small percentage are actually going to take and do it. But I, at one point, was helping to build a CRM company that had nothing to do with Keller Williams and was broker agnostic and was teaching in different brokerages all over the country. And it got to a point that I was adding so much value in those classes to one of the other large national franchises that I actually got called by their corporate headquarters and was told that I was no longer allowed to teach in any of their brokerages because we were sharing too much and they were afraid we were going to poach their people from them. Wow. wow. That's, wow. That, that says a culture, lot. That said that's a lot intense. about their culture, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and Amazing. because we didn't understand how not to give back and to share and to help and support, just like we're doing on this yeah. podcast. I was going to say, this podcast is this a perfect podcast example. example. Yes. We share yes. yeah. We're yeah. not we're not getting paid millions to do this, guys. I'm just okay, so have you guys <laughs> ever um, have you guys ever visited the Zappos headquarters? Has anyone here ever gone to no. Vegas and like done the whole tour? No, mm-hmm. I've heard amazing things about it. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read the book, the Zappos yes. book? Yes. Yeah. I watched yeah. the video. Yeah, yeah. They have an incredible culture, and if you walk around their offices, I've gone on the tour. You guys should see it. There's like toys all over desks. Like every single cubicle is like someone's apartment. You know, it's like totally decorated and it's like super fun and they're interactive and and they, you know, they allow us weirdos to go walk through like they're in the zoo. They, they like allow all these tours, you know, to go through. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, there's a ton of different companies that I think are known for culture. I'm in Seattle. So I think of Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. A lot of us use Nordstrom as an example. Mm-hmm. Southwest, Southwest Airlines. Airlines is in Dallas. Yeah. And, and, and you feel Southwest like it. when you yeah. fly oh, there. Oh, when you get on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even so at corporate, fun. it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even Google, you know, Jay got a chance mm-hmm. to speak at Google a couple of years ago and was telling me all about the campus. And mm-hmm. there's a life-size, you know, dinosaur skeleton there. And just, yeah, it's wow. very, very much different than a lot of other corporations. And because I'm from Seattle, I just want to shout out, you know, REI and Patagonia are two Seattle companies that yeah. have Seattle so cool. that are known for it. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Another one in, uh, is is Chick-fil-A. It's yeah. like, how can going to get a chicken sandwich and french fries make you feel so... I know. So yeah, special. For. I like, know. I'm hungry. I'm Let's not talk about it. Well, but also they have a, a massive culture of productivity, efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw all those memes like, hey, let's let Chick-fil-A roll out the COVID vaccines, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, I was literally and, just thinking that. And every time we, I get in one of those lines, because there's always a line. I've yeah, never, always. ever been in a Chick-fil-A that doesn't have a line. So, you know, those things are just massively profitable. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, just the foundation of not opening on a Sunday. Sunday. To yeah. make sure their employees have a day of rest and be able to go to church or whatever they want to do, whatever they mm-hmm. feel called to do, right? I mean, that alone making that t- makes a statement, right? Mm-hmm. Every Sunday when I drive by a Chick fil A, they're making a statement mm-hmm. of what is a priority to them. I mean, that's culture. So, how do we do that, guys? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I also think about it where you spend a third of your life at work. And so I really appreciate that we're like focusing in on this because I want to spend it with people that I love, that I care about, that may, I want to help others feel good and be happy, healthy, and, and that wealthy. you feel care about you, and that too. I, yeah, and that feel that care about you, and it's it's a collaborative, cohesive, supportive culture. And you know, I don't I don't want to wake up ever in my life and say, "Gosh, I have to go to work today." Like that's yeah. that's not what I ever want to do. So I I love that we're focusing. Well, on this. and seventy percent of people in the in the U.S. hate their jobs. That's right. So yeah. I don't know that it always has to do with culture. It That's might right. be a job fit, but some of mm-hmm. it has to do with culture. Well, one of the things I've been saying, and I, I got this when we went to Miami and the, this hotel had it, and they had it on everything. And it said, culture always wins. Mm. And honestly, I think that's what that proves. And so that's why I think this episode is so important. If you do want to build a big empire, you've got to focus on culture. And honestly, I wish when we were smaller, I would have put some of these systems in place at a, at a higher level because it was more mm-hmm. organic. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you're smaller, mm-hmm. you can do that. But I wish we would have done that because I think it would have helped us a lot right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think what you're talking about is, because all of us have culture, but how do we systematize yes. our culture? Yes, exactly. That That's is what right. we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So Via, take us into the first step for systematizing our culture. So, you know, when, when we think about culture, and I kind of said it earlier, it, it's this shared values, right? And it's a lot of that time, I think, and, and I think we all think here that 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 comes along with a shared common language. So mm. what I say to people is, you know, Wendy, you brought up Google. I mean, Microsoft, Amazon, they have their own language. You know, there's words and phrases they use. We have it at Keller Williams. I mean, we literally, it, it's almost like learning a second mm-hmm. language when you come to our company, mm-hmm. but that's a good sign. Of like What's an really, aha? Really strong culture. Yeah. Yeah. Kellerisms. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. an aha? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all the anachron, you know, we, we use a lot of initials. So many anachronisms. And, so yeah. I think mm-hmm. the, the first step is to define those, right? So yeah. write those down. So we all have them, mm-hmm. but take time to make sure that they're in writing, defined. And of course, 
I mean, we've talked about this before, but you can date it, right? You don't have to marry it right away, but making sure that you are defining your common language, defining your values, like who are you as a company? And I think it really, like if you had to start with one, I think if you guys are struggling right now, you're like, where do I start? You know, I've got three people on my team or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Really think about your core values because that is the easiest place to start. You can, I'm not trying to sell this, but you can go to the onething.com and they have a core values deck that you can purchase. Or really you cool. Can, yeah. You can go online and find lists of values, print it out, circle those, right? Yeah, Sit steal with other them. people's. We, you know? Steal other people's. But we've also talked 100%. about too, reverse engineering that, which is who, what are we not? And going through and making the list of what your fireable offenses yeah. are. Like, what I would I fire that. someone yeah. over? Your anti-values. That, your anti-values then help decide what your values are. I think, you know, when people are early in careers, deciding what they don't want to do actually helps guide them to what they do want to do. So I think the anti-values almost could help you in that exercise too. Yeah. And I think sometimes we overthink things. And so really what this is, is what are your deeply held beliefs? Like if you think about like you have... Your DHD. Your I was like, well, you know, you're all going to ring in. I knew you were all going to do that. That was kind of a thing. But but I mean, we all have things we feel strongly about and you are you have them. And, and so you, you actually do have them and, and it's a matter of putting them in, in writing. Really quick before we move on, I think that this is a good place to use, you know, ana- is it anachronisms or anachronisms? Acronym. Acronyms. 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 Yeah. Yes, like, thank you. you know, I knew that was wrong. Yeah, I was like, is it acronym? It's uh, Keller Williams has the Y four C two T's, and then like we have health H E A L T H. And as a leader, you know, one thing I do is I actually do review them. I'm I'm noticing our new CEO every single leadership call we have at Keller Williams now. He's taking a moment to review our values, and it's yep. really actually awesome. You know, mm-hmm. before every big mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah, that's really good. We started doing that on a monthly basis before our awards every month. You know, and then the second thing you need to do, right, is hire to your culture and values once they've defined them and your standards. Because once you've defined what they are, you need to make sure that you're attracting the people that want to be a part of those cultural pieces, those core values that you hold so dear. And they're excited about the standards you've set instead of being repelled by those. And one of the things that we did around this is we changed our initial interview questions to come up with one question that is tied to one of our values. Oh, we do that too. And so then that way we're making sure that we're hiring around that and then we can see how they... So for to give an example, I'm not going to go through all of them, but to give an example to our listeners, like one of our values as part of our culture is, is to have fierce and direct conversations with the person that has offended you first before gossiping and going around mm. to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So one of our questions is how have you handled a conflict... Just tell us the story of what did you do? Who did you talk to? To see if they are carry the attribute of actually going to the person and addressing it with the person versus talking about it with other people. And so that's just one example of one question. But take your values and then come up with interview questions because you'll weed them out faster mm-hmm. when you have that. Oh, I love that. You know, this reminded me of something... Obviously, everybody going into 2020 didn't know what what we were walking into that year, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, a lot of us with our core groups, you know, even if you have a team of one, but, you know, certainly if you have a team that's a little bit bigger, we were in the foxhole shoulder to shoulder. There were Mm -hmm. times of last year where where we we had all of our businesses were pretty tight-knit groups, I'm guessing. And we kind of came out of the end of it. And I, I had a conversation with my leader and I said, you know, I am so grateful we share the same values because we had to make 
such tough calls this year. You Mm -hmm. and I together had to collaborate on some very, very challenging decisions and we were lockstep. You know, we shared those values. I think it spilled Mm -hmm. over to our teams and I actually think our culture was was better during kind of that time of quote unquote crisis than than normal, right? I mean, and, and it's that sharing of values. So I love the interview questions, Sarah. I'm really going to be more purposeful on that. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Yeah. Well, the uh, the other thing, and then we'll then we'll move on. Is just as you hire around your values, fire yeah. <laughs> around your values yeah. as well. You know, be, be okay with drawing a line around making a decision to remove someone, and you got to do that whether they're a big producer. You know, at times we've had to let go uh, big producers because they haven't held to our values, and yes, that might look like. It hurts the bottom line, but if you believe culture always wins, then you know you're going to make that up in the future uh, by making sure you align with that. And of course, follow all pertinent human resources guidelines in your state. (laughs) Yeah, this is not legal advice on (laughs) it. Please don't, please don't hold us to that. I, I mean, I had a huge fail last year on that. I, you know, I think your culture is also what you tolerate, and I tolerated some behavior too long last year, and it it created some really tough cultural issues in our team that we had to work through and regroup and, and and all of those things. And it comes down to me as a leader. It's on that's on me. That's my fault. And it was a huge lesson to your point, Sarah, on, you know, letting something not in culture simmer out there for too long because you're afraid of making I was afraid of losing people and creating rifts in the water. But in the end I actually lost more people because I tolerated that behavior for too long. So You really need to lead by example. And so that's why your values probably need to start with your personal values. And so our values on the team are lead others, be bold, give back, be authentic and have fun and build wealth. And like, that's me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that that is Mm -hmm. me. And so then you hire people who are in alignment with those values, right? You teach that, you help them become more of that. And then you look up and you have a organization around you that is reflective of you and your values. And all of a sudden you've got that culture. Yep. Love that. Love that. Okay. Next one right after uh, lead by example is build a system around constantly focusing on the culture. So for me, when we started expanding, that is actually why I do a morning huddle. A A lot of teams do the morning huddle because that's like when people like report their numbers and things like that. We were too big for that. But what I wanted to do is do a morning huddle to where that's basically like almost like Sarah's culture moment mm-hmm. where I focus on a value or I focus on what we're about. And over time, I was educating my team, you know, and it actually happened pretty fast, uh, but I was educating my team around that. So what does that look like? I'm just curious because it's like, is it like 10 minutes and... It's, yeah, it's 15 too. yeah it's 15 minutes so it starts off with every day has a different theme right so uh today was finish line Friday and so we talk about a family that we just got through a finish line and I always am like remember guys at the heart of what we do is serving families we can never forget that right and so it's it's that's what we focus on for Friday uh, but each day has a different theme and then we go into shout out so we're, we recognize people and and the team does it I'm not doing that part. I do go through um, and list out who got a buyer agreement signed, who got a listing agreement signed, who ratified a contract the day before. And then I have about a 5 to 10 minutes of sort of Sarah inspiring them and or about our mission, vision, uh, what we're about. And so about every two months, I recircle our values. So I pick a value and I focus on that for that. 
I talk about being, you know, a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mm-hmm. mindset. I add in quotes that I found that I like. When I'm on social media, that's actually what I'm doing. I screenshot people that share something inspiring. And then that's like my, that's some yeah. of my, that what I share uh, on my team huddle. But it's like about who we are, like t- constantly talking about who we are. And then really recognizing, I've loved sort of watching uh, Carl, who is the new CEO of KWX. Uh, he's doing something called Mission Moment. And he's sharing a story about someone that not what they did, but about which value or, or or what they represent, how they represented KW by what they did. So mm. I actually started that this week because of me that. researching Love this. It's like, I need a system around that. So yeah. Okay. I just got an aha and literally starting today. So I send a leadership email out every Friday and starting today, I'm going to start doing this. I love it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so smart. I'm just going to, I love this. You guys, you've taught me so much today. Thank you. I just took notes on that. Yeah. My first one I did. So I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do this? So, so before I used to do the shout out when I still do shout outs, but Instead, so like I had an agent that just followed up with someone for a year, for like a year, and then it just closed, right? So before I would shout them out for that, but this time I shared the story, and then I said, and I just want to shout Sean out because what he did is our follow up, follow up, and follow up again value. Mm. That's what he showed. He's Reynolds team through and through because he didn't give up. Mm-hmm. And so like tying it to your value is what Carl has Love been that. doing. Like I know, and and that's like I, I I'm learning from his, his example. Bia was just uh, snapping at the. Uh, You've been doing that all, all, been doing that all day. She's doing quite like a new thing you got. At the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started trying to laugh at them. So sorry about that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> do you have like tiny little snapping. maracas or something? Do you know why? Do you know why I do snaps now? That's a culture story. Oh, oh yeah. tell us. Yeah, I, I clap on Zoom and I do snaps because I have an amazing young woman on uh, my executive leadership team. Her name's Alicia. And every time we have a Zoom, Ben and I both notice it a lot. Alicia is completely paying attention, eyeballs on the screen, and animatedly giving feedback. And Ben and I, one day, I go, you know what, Ben? I love having Alicia on Zooms. Even if we're having a mundane meeting, she just lifts me up. She encourages me because she gives me snaps and she claps all the time. And he goes, you know what? Me too. He goes, it is such a joy and a delight to have her. And I made this decision that I wanted to make that the cool kids club. I wanted to encourage not this mm. cool demeanor where you're like half paying attention, like I'm I'm super cool. No, what's cool in our world is when you're giving snaps and you're clapping and you're completely engaged, right? So mm-hmm. I actually started doing it and I'm noticing more engagement on our Zooms. So they're that's a little impromptu. Oh, I love that. And then Wendy just gave a reaction. <laughs> but I think, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, we want to awesome. model. We you want to model what you want to see, right? Model yeah, the behavior yes. you want to see. It's a great, yeah, that's a great example move on? of leading. Yes, yeah, we should move on. We should yes, move on. Yes. Okay. Because this, I love, love, love this one. So, so the next one is create an environment where transparency, truth, and standards are clear and open. So this is a super, super big one for me because my one of my DHBs, my deeply held beliefs, is authenticity and transparency. It's a super big deal to me. And when I actually came into my role about two and a half years ago, and I had to kind of get buy-in from everybody, you know, the new new kid in town, I shared that as one of my core values, and that is the this, you know, transparency. And I could immediately see people's demeanor relax because mm. of my my tip on this or my 
I guess the way I do it, you know, uh, is I use my language much like Sarah exemplified earlier, meaning I state the value that I'm exemplifying before I do the thing. So what, what that looks like is, you know, I might call my ELT together for a meeting and I'll say, hey, I just want to remind everybody, I really believe in transparency and, you know, our company really believes in transparency. So then we're going to go into, I want to share with you what's going on. And I want to, I just want to make sure you guys know there's nothing happening that you're not aware of behind the scenes. Everything that I'm going to share is what's happening. You can ask me any questions. So I restate the value before I I talk about what I'm going to talk about. And Sarah, you you actually modeled that earlier really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a foundational thing for, for me in terms of and how important it is. Anytime you are transparent or vulnerable as the leader, it allows for that across your organization. Yes. It gives them permission to do the same. We just had a big meeting on Wednesday and I, just, I told them, I said, hey, we're struggling with our size and I'm, I'm seeing some cultural things I, I don't like. And I went into some things that I was seeing. And I said, you know, I just want to make sure that you guys know that there's a, it's a safe place for you to share. If you see something that you can come to me, you can come ask a question, you can come to any of the leadership. And I want you to know how important it is for you to say something when you see something, but me just being transparent that, hey, I'm seeing we're struggling in this or I'm seeing I'm struggling in this, Mm -hmm. leading our team at our current size. I'm struggling with it. And the fact that I said that, then all of a sudden, like I was flooded with like, hey, I noticed this. And, and, And about five huge things came up that were impacting our culture that I didn't realize because of the models that we've set up through growth. And it was because I was transparent with them about our struggle that all of a sudden they were they felt it was safe to share. I love, love that. that. And, um, actually, yesterday we had a client issue that a team member was struggling with how to approach the other team member, right? And part yes. one of our things is like the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so I encouraged that team member, like you were saying, Sarah, right, to go direct to the other person. Yes. But what was really cool is the person that was having a struggle with the client that was informed about it called me that night and she said, I'm so glad you had that team member call me directly because if I had food on my teeth in the middle of a restaurant and this other team member didn't tell me and they were staring at me the whole time, I would be so upset. And I thought that was such a good analogy for so like good. your culture example. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was such a good visualization of like, if I've got food all over my teeth, you need to tell me, right? We need to know about it so we can fix it. So... That transparency and that just openness, I think, is a really great thing to reward in your culture. Awesome. Now, the next one actually rolls into this, which is treat your people right. Take care of your people because they're the ones taking care of you. So good. Yeah. Well, you want to reward and recognize your people, you know, based on them upholding your culture and, you know, and what they're doing every day. So I love that example that you gave, Sarah, which is just saying like, hey, Great job. You're living out our values and just praising people for that. But that shows, I mean, <laughs> it just, leadership is a ripple effect, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that came from one conversation I had with my coach and it was because he has sat in multiple meetings with Carl. Mm-hmm. And now Carl is now impacting Sarah Reynolds, who he doesn't even know my name, right? He doesn't know who I am. He's making an impact on me and my entire organization right now because of his leadership. I bet he knows who you are. I mean, I'm pretty sure are. he knows who you are. Yeah, I, I yeah, get Sarah my microphone. And I was like, um. <laughs> okay, like, well, sure. we have never yet spoken. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna saying text he him. has. I'm just going to see him. No, <laughs> we, have, we have not hey, yet Carl. spoken, and so he doesn't know today. I'm sure he doesn't know. Wow, I've had an impact on Sarah Reynolds and her organization. 
Well, so that's by you doing that, you then impact other people. Yeah. And what is cool is, and I, I think I mentioned this before, you guys know this, but Carl has actually created... 15 other Fortune 500 wow. CEOs that have worked underneath him. That's wow. a huge tribute to him. So that's, that's cool. That just tells you that that ripple effect that you're talking about is alive and well. Yeah. So, and he's only been in our company for a minute, a month, 45 <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, that's like what that. I'm saying. Amazing yeah. leadership. Okay, everybody raise your hands if you maybe struggle or it doesn't come naturally to take the time to bond to not just dive into work. Oh, no, just me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, let's talk about how we scale this. And we all we had our hand raised, by the way. We all had our hand raised. We're all like, raise your hand too. An actual oh. podcast. <laughs> we must talk. <laughs> Super glad I asked you to raise your hand. We are funny. You guys, we are funny. People need to understand that like when the microphone goes off, we laugh so hard and we, we are funny. <laughs> well, the, I think that that brings up, I, honestly, that ties into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think Wendy knew she impacted me, but the other day I was on a Zoom with Wendy and she was like, she just quickly ran through and she's like, oh yes, last night I was with my team and we played this game. And on Zoom, and like we, you know, we were trying to pretend it was fun, but it wasn't fun. Is what she said. Meaning, it was fun, but like we want to see people, we want to hug mm-hmm. people. Like you know, we can't wait to actually be in that position. But what I realized, and one of the things that I think has has impacted our team during COVID in a negative way is we have fun naturally together. Like we laugh a lot in my office. Like I do think I'm funny. People will laugh at my jokes. <laughs> you are okay. funny. Yeah. You're but funny. They don't, we're all but, funny. But if yeah. you're not spending yeah. time with them, like if we're just work, 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 mm-hmm. work, and we're not tying in the fun. And I, and I have not done that well as a leader through COVID. I'm not doing lots of Zoom fun time. Okay. That's impacting the culture, yeah. right? And so I think that, that those are things that I'm shining a light on that right now mm-hmm. in my organization of just like, we've got to have more fun, <laughs> you know? That, Ditto, was, that was like Ditto. a huge aha for us coming into last year was the year before 2019. I hadn't done any of that. Mm. And that's been an enormous focus of ours, um, especially because our team has operated almost entirely virtually for the last year. That has been like a major focus for the last year of us. And Especially when I can't physically like hug people and see them every day, we've had to figure that out. And that, you that's do give been, the best hugs. Eh? I yeah, miss giving do. people hugs. I love hugging people. It's a safe hug. Just, just imagine me hugging all of you right now Seriously. in like a non creepy way, but in like a really great like, best friends hug way right now. It's a little creepy, but that's okay. That's okay, why we like it. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but we've we've had to we've had to figure out the fun aspect of it because I wasn't that in 2019. I lost people because of it. And I lost part of myself in that process of not being who I naturally was. And we have brought fun back this last year and And, it has made such a difference. Yeah, And and your culture doesn't have to be fun. I'll just say that. True. You don't have to have... You don't have to... I mean, we work with a lot of salespeople and they like to have fun. That was a total buzzkill. Well, and I just want to say that because it's like you you, you don't have to play... Well, no, and this is an important point. It's like you don't have to play games with your people. You don't have to do all of that if that's not a part of your culture. We all have a lot of salespeople and, you know, we're all fun, you know, but like you can have a culture 
where you don't have to hang out with your people all the time. Like that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Your culture is your culture. You yes. have to have community know and, what it is. And, and, yeah. and understand what it is. And yeah, then, it could be time. I, I mean, I we agree. had said t- time to bond. It could be like, a more serious time together yeah. or like whatever your culture is, you know, like our ISAs, it's like March Madness right now. Yeah. We're recording in, Mar- in March. And so like it's all sports, sports craziness. And yeah. so like yeah. whatever the culture is, you know, having time to not just always be about work. Right. Of I think yeah, it's important to. to treat people right in who they are as a person. Yeah. So, agreed. Well, agreed. and you know what? It reminds me of before we move on is that John Maxwell quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And I think somehow Wendy, and it is a serious point and I didn't mean to, to laugh, but you know, I think it's, it's also just, are you in an environment where you feel like people care, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that however that comes up, it could be fun. It could be encouragement. It could be just bonding. It could be a lot of things. So Can I give really you one culture hack? For this, I'm going to get back to fun because I would prefer to talk about fun. But yes, you can not be fun if you don't want to be. But I want to talk about fun. So one thing we've done is for um, anniversaries, one thing I like to do is I want people to stay with us for a long time. And so for every year you're with us, we follow whatever the wedding gift theme is. And we like tailor the gift and like do a big deal about it for their anniversary. And it's been a really cool way to reward longevity and like getting to be in business with each other and earn the right to do that for a long time. But it's really created this neat like excitement around like, oh, next year's diamonds or leather or you know, whatever it is. And it's it's something that your DOO, you know, your director of ops can systemize. And, you know, it's like an easy thing to do that really shows that you care and you're customizing it to whatever their tastes are. So Literally everyone's it. filling out your application form now, Seychelles, because they're like diamonds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have That's awesome. Diamonds. Yes. Okay. Our last one is really implement cultural ambassadors. And so mm-hmm. what that means is, is you want people who really exemplify your culture. Mm-hmm. And Keller Williams has done this very well over the years. They have in every office what's called an Eagle Award winner. And the Eagle Award winner isn't always the top producer. Sometimes it is. And most of the time, it's not. Honestly, it's pretty rare. And this Eagle Award winner is someone who exemplifies the culture of your organization, whatever that looks like. So I just love that. I love that. Just want to amplify my amazing mom right now because she took over, she has taken sort of the reins on this in our business and has already implemented to each location. There's a culture ambassador that also is the one that sort of is leading the charge like boots on the ground for representing our culture and like tying in our give back and tying into a worthy cause and things like that. I, that has been a really big thing in such a short period of time. Well, guys, this was awesome. And honestly, it was selfish because I needed this. Me <laughs> um, too. Yes. And so thank you uh, for, for listening. Thank you also, my amazing co-host. But a quote that I love is, culture is what motivates and retains talented team members. So as you grow... And as you're learning and leading, the one thing I probably would have loved to do different is just do follow these steps earlier on. I wish I would have done that. And so like if you're listening and if you are just getting going with your empire, like start right now, right? And so just a quick recap of what those things are. First and foremost, you've got to define common language, values, purpose, and also standards. Hire to your culture. Lead by example. Build a system around constantly focusing on culture. Create an environment where transparency, truth, and standards are clear and open. Treat your people right. And then implement culture ambassadors that sort of lead the charge. Uh, so we so hope good. this helps you have a uh, have a big business and even bigger life. Go out there and make a huge impact. And thank you for joining us. 
Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.